Welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for joining us. In a little bit, we are going to be joined by U.S. Senator Gary Peters, the Democrat who represents Michigan, to talk about the things that are going on in Washington today and over the weekend and perhaps for the foreseeable future. Last Friday, President Donald Trump signed executive orders that changed the nature of immigration here in the United States, at least temporarily changed the nature of it. Several countries, he says, were not going to accept immigrants from anymore. Those countries happen to all have Muslim majorities. And the refugees who have been trying to come to this country from war-torn places like Syria or in Africa— we're not going to accept them at all, at least for 120 days, which is what the executive order says. No immigrants from Muslim countries, no refugees at all. Of course, this has sparked an enormous reaction. Anger that you are seeing spilling over into the streets in cities all over this country. And a few weeks ago, when this president was inaugurated, I talked about the feelings that lots of people might have about that event, the, the feelings that people might have about someone like Donald Trump assuming the presidency. And I said, it's okay to give yourself some time to sort of be sad about this and sort of be resigned about it. It's okay to give yourself space. Today, what I'd say is, it's okay to indulge your anger a bit. It's okay to express your frustration, utter frustration, at actions that change who we are as Americans. Actions that change who we are as Americans. Think about that. These actions are directed at people from other countries. They're directed at people from Iraq or Iran. Uh, they're directed at people from Syria. But they really speak... They really speak about us. They really say something about what we are as America. Think about all of the people who live here. All of the people in this country ultimately come from someplace else. European Americans came here, stole this land, let's be honest about that, from brown people who were living here. They brought African Americans here as slaves to help build this country. Uh, over the years, uh, Chinese Americans were also brought here to help build things like railroads. And then immigration sort of took over and lots of people from all over the globe came here. We are all from someplace else. And so the idea of America really has grown up around the idea that people are welcome. We welcome the world here to participate in liberty and justice and that strive for equality. Closing the borders to people from certain countries because they are Muslims, because they are brown people, how is that possibly American? How is that possibly okay? I talked to lots of people this weekend who asked, how can this be happening? How is this legal? And I think the bigger question is, how is this moral? How is this right? The idea that because you worship a certain way, 
or come from a certain country, you're not welcome in the bastion of liberty and freedom on the, on the globe. How can a country that goes around the world telling people to tear down barriers, to cooperate with one another, to, to work together, to be more like the United States, how can we now say, well, certain people, you can't come here. This is why you're seeing the demonstrations all over the country. And I think this is why you are going to see many, many more of those demonstrations. This is a changing of who, you, who we are as Americans. And so we're going to talk today all hour about these orders, about the effect of these orders, and about the backlash to these orders. And especially today, we want to hear from people who have just recently come to this country, people who are from other places. Are you from the Middle East, for instance, and are living here in America? Or are you from another place in the world and came to America because it's a better place? It's a place that offers you more opportunity. I want to hear your story. Why did you come here? How long did it take? How hard was it to get into the United States? One of the things that we're talking about now is, is it too easy for people to get in and terrorists could just come streaming over the border? Or is it really difficult? Is it really hard to get into the United States? I want to hear from people who have come here seeking a better life, seeking more opportunity. And I want you to tell your stories with me today on the program, 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page. You can put your comments there. Or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll try to work your comments into the conversation. Also, obviously, even if you aren't an immigrant, uh, even if you are not uh, someone who was a refugee from another country, we want to hear from you too. What do you think about this ban on immigration from certain countries? What do you think about the idea that America will not accept refugees for 120 days? No refugees. People fleeing countries that are war-torn in many cases because of things that we have done. You can't come here. Is this American? Is there anything about this that strikes you as right? I wrote a column about this for Sunday's Free Press. And I want to read just a section of it before we get to the calls to talk about what this looks like and what this means. And I think it summarizes what's wrong with this policy, what we're doing that doesn't make sense as Americans. I said, Trump and his supporters are badly deluded. You cannot be great by othering the practice Trump has indulged since he championed execution for the falsely accused black boys ensnared in the Central Park Five and that he's ridden right through his outrageous birther campaign against former President Barack Obama. You cannot be safe by building walls, especially in a world where you have gone around for decades imploring others to tear down their barriers. You cannot be a leader by dehumanizing the vulnerable, casting their desire to live as freely as you do in false and cynical terms. If America embraces what Trump now sings, we will become what we despise around the globe. And we will show the world 
that what motivates us most is not liberty or justice or any sort of exceptionalism. We'll show that we're moved by fear, plain and simple. 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019 to join the conversation. As I said at the top of the hour, Senator Gary Peters will also be here in a little bit. Uh, We're going to talk with him, of course, about uh, this and probably some other things that are going on in Washington. And again, what I want to hear today from you, the listeners, is stories of immigration. Did you come to this country from someplace else? Did your parents come to this country from someplace else? Why? How did that work? How did that look? 313-577-1019 is the number. You can also go to Facebook, the WDET page, put your comments there, go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we will work your comments into the conversation. Uh, First up today, let's talk with Nash in Detroit. Nash, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, good morning. Uh Um, I want to use my background as a segue to my point. Sure. Uh, I'm a physician who came from uh, the Middle East. Uh, Now I'm I'm an American. Uh, I proudly helped saving hundreds, if not thousands, of lives directly uh, through teaching medical residents, fellows, medical students. I probably taught more than a thousand uh, residents so far. So I'm I'm going to take credit for all the lives they saved. So my the my it's a segue basically to say that. The greatest, the greatest asset of America is not its, its, uh, its uh, uh, military might or um, economic uh, growth. It's the, the biggest asset in America is the H-1 program. The H-1B basically, visa. Yes. Right. Because it, it basically brings all the talented people from all over the world to come here and give them a chance to flourish. The, the, for, for example, uh, the Silicon Valley companies, the, the hospitals all over all over the United States. This is all basic, basically very talented people came on an H-1 visa. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if we're shooting ourselves in the foot here. Yeah. Uh, no, I think we are. And, and, and Nash, I don't think there's any question about that. I mean, I, I think anyone who's familiar with that, that program, the H-1B visa, knows that, that some of the most talented people in this country, some of the people who contribute the most, uh, are here because of that program. This is not just some... Um, way for people to come to America uh, and, and, and do nothing. It's specifically designed uh, to let people like yourself uh, come here and help make America better. Nash, I'm, I'm curious, can, can you talk about how, how uh, difficult or how long the process of getting that H-1B visa was? Uh, I think there's a misunderstanding among a lot of people that, that somehow it's easy just to come to America's easy oh, just to get in. Yeah. Absolutely not. There is there is a multiple uh, vetting process for everyone. First from the from the uh, at the uh, interview pro- uh, step uh, where you apply first for the visa there is an interview and there is a background check and then even after after that all your papers should be legal, should be valid. Um, then you when you come here you have another interview. I mean it's already a multi a multi-step process. Yeah. Um, so my, my, so the problem is that we're basing many. Our problem is basically fake news and pseudo data. Yeah. This is our problem, <laughs> right. um, and and we're basing our decisions based on that, which is which is historically wrong. And I want to take this chance to ask Dr. I mean uh, Senator uh, Gary Peters. We are at a historical bifurcation now, and I mean 
everyone is watching very closely what everyone is going to do. So I, I hope we are right on history here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you very much uh, for your call, Nash. Uh, and, and again, welcome to the United States. I mean, I think uh, it's absolutely imperative that we make clear that this country welcomes people like you uh, uh, to come here and, and contribute the way you are. We are not closing you out. We are not putting uh, a wall between us and you. So thank you again uh, for that call. Uh, Gene in Detroit. Gene, welcome to Detroit Today. Hello. Hey, Gene. How are you? Uh, good morning, Stephen. Hey, how are you? Uh Happy Chinese New Year. It's the year of the rooster. <laughs> there you go. That's right. I did not know that it was the year of the rooster. <laughs> so that's great information to share with me today. Uh, uh, in, in our focus on the now, uh, we tend to obscure uh, the historical realities of what America really is. It's a 410-year-old settler state. Absolutely. And uh, if you look at history and have a perspective that's based on sound research, you can go from there and figure things out. Yeah. Uh, Gene, I had I, I mentioned that actually in the open, that you know this is a country settled by uh, Europeans who displaced uh, the brown people who were here, uh, and then, of course, imported uh, Africans uh, to help build this place, and then imported uh, people from China and other places to help uh, build this place. And and it, there's something deeply ironic, I think, about the idea that now, uh, now that this is a nation of many, many different people from many, many different places, and that we've gotten past, to some degree, uh, those initial... Uh, transgressions against humanity, really, uh, that 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 helped get this place started, and that we now stand for, or say we stand for, uh, the kind of liberty and equality that people in other places want. There's something deeply ironic then about saying, "Well, we're here, and we this is our country, but now everybody else, uh, we're a little suspect about you, and maybe we aren't going to welcome you the way." Uh, that we did. I mean, there, there, there is. It's a very, very rich irony that I think uh, should not be lost on this conversation. So I'm glad you called uh, and reminded us again uh, of that truth. So, okay, we're going to take a quick break because uh, Senator Gary Peters is here. I want to get him into the studio. Uh, stay with us and stay on the lines. Uh, we've got a lot of really great stories. Uh, hear from people who have immigrated to this country, and that's what we want to hear this hour. Did you come here from somewhere else? Why and how? How long did it take? How hard was it? Uh, 313-577-1019 is the number. Stay with us on Detroit Today. News. Music. Culture. And community. Every day. Every day. Every day. On 1019 WDET. Detroit's public radio station. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. This hour, we're talking about the way that our country has changed in a fundamental way 
over the past week. America, of course, has never been perfect in its position as the world's leader in international matters, but it has long led from the position of embracing multiculturalism and diplomacy. Now, President Donald Trump has broken those commitments in favor of protectionism, jingoism, nativism, you might call it, in favor of one religion over another, in favor of people from some places, but not others, in favor, really, of fear. But so many Americans, of course, still believe in the values of inclusion and hospitality for the least fortunate. They are mobilized in a way that we have not seen in a long time, protesting on the streets and in airports all over this country. Can opponents to Trump's actions find a way to steer the ship around in the next four years? Or will a president who seems intent on excluding people from America's opportunities and freedoms face little resistance with a Congress that is dominated by a party that doesn't seem to be able to find its voice on this issue? Uh, We're talking, as I said, all hour about this issue. And of course, what we want to do is hear from listeners who are immigrants. Did you come here from another country? Did you come here as a refugee from another country? We want to hear how and why you did that, what it looked like, what the process looked like. We want to have you tell your story here on Detroit Today. And joining me now to talk about this issue is Senator Gary Peters, a Democrat who represents Michigan in Washington. Senator, welcome back to Detroit Today. Well, Stephen, it's uh, great to be with you. It's great to be here with you in the studio as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Yeah, right. A lot of times you're on the phone. That's <laughs> so right. Today I can see you. That's right. Uh, uh, I want to start just with your, uh, your reactions to what we saw uh, last Friday, uh, with the, the signing of these uh, executive orders about immigration and refugees, of course, the border wall uh, executive order also was signed last week. Uh, I know you're not a fan of uh, of President Trump's policies, but I imagine that uh, here uh, it's it's sort of beyond uh, a policy disagreement. This is a more fundamental. Uh, sort of assault on the things that that I imagine you believe. Well, uh, there's no question it is a fundamental assault on core values. Uh, core values that I believe are what make this country a great country uh, that are under assault uh, right now. Uh, I was taken aback by the uh, the uh, executive orders, given the fact that we had uh, the new Homeland Security Secretary, uh, mm-hmm. uh, General Kelly, uh, before us. I serve on the Homeland Security Committee. Yes. I serve on the Armed Services Committee. National security are very important issues for me that I spend a lot of time working on, thinking about. But I had the opportunity to ask uh, uh, then nominee, uh, General Kelly, about uh, religious tests, about uh, monitoring of mosques, all of the outrageous things that we heard mm-hmm. Donald Trump talk about uh, during the uh, election. And he was very clear that he did not believe that that made sense. Uh, he is a thoughtful person. Uh, I had an opportunity actually to be with him in Guatemala uh, dealing with the unaccompanied minors issue. We uh-huh. were down there and uh, on the border with Guatemala and Mexico. I found him to be very thoughtful, understand the complexity of these problems uh, and how to deal with it. And he demonstrated that at the hearing as well and was quite clear uh, that he would not does not believe that those are the kinds of policies that in any way help this country. Right. And then to have an executive order come from his boss uh, without uh, without hearing from him, I, I'm uh, I'm attempting to have that meeting with him right now as we <laughs> <I'll> speak. <bet. laughs> uh, we've been trying to track him down. I'm also sure his phone is ringing off the hook, uh, uh, but uh, there is a disconnect here, which is incredibly troubling. 
Yeah. But to your point, this is a direct assault on core values of who we are as a country. You know, uh, that disconnect between uh, the nominee to lead Homeland Security and the White House, I think, is reflective of another sort of broader issue here, which is that this White House has, in just a few weeks, uh, sought to isolate itself from the sort of professional class of uh, administrators in Washington. I mean, uh, one of the things that I always found really interesting about Washington was that no matter who the president is or what party that person belongs to, uh, there are people who manage the government uh, who serve uh, regardless of who the president is. I mean, these are people who have spent their lives uh, building up an expertise in, in the areas where they work, and they make decisions uh, on non-political bases. And that's super important to most White Houses, that, that you have that professional class there to say, well, you, I, I know you have this idea about what you want to do, but here's what that will look like uh, in practical terms. Uh, this White House doesn't seem particularly concerned with the opinions of those folks. And, and in this case, what we're learning is they weren't even necessarily concerned about uh, the opinion of someone they've nominated to lead one of these arms of the government. Right, and now confirmed. He is the, the Secretary right. of, of, of Homeland Security. I don't know to the extent that he was consulted for this, although as we are getting information, it appears as if the administration did not reach out to the Department of State, the Department of Homeland Security. I mean, just go down the list of, uh, as you mentioned, uh, career professionals and experts who can say, well, you know, if you do this, this is what the ramifications could be. You know, yeah. it, it, uh, We should... Uh, before you take actions that impact people's lives, and in some ways very profound ways, as we're saying here, yes. you should vet this uh, and, and have right. uh, an honest Ask the people uh, who do this for a living. Absolutely, and say what what are the what are the ramifications, uh, and then if you believe that those are the ramifications are okay, move forward. But you should have the discussion uh, beforehand. It, there, there's no evidence that that has occurred. Uh, which is why you've seen the reaction. And you've, and you've seen these cases where you have individuals who are on the plane thinking they were coming to the United States, fully legal, fully uh, screened, folks uh, who were interpreters uh, for the U.S. military who put their lives in harm's way, suddenly get here and find that they're not so welcome. You can't that's come in. pretty outrageous. Yeah, that's, that's not something that has happened in the past in no. this country. Uh, 313-577-1019 is the number to join this conversation. I'm talking with... U.S. Senator Gary Peters, a Democrat who represents Michigan, about the change in U.S. immigration policy over the weekend. Sudden change uh, via executive order from President Donald Trump. Uh, what do you think about that? And if you are somebody who came to this country from someplace else, or maybe your parents did or your grandparents, we really want to hear your stories this morning. Uh, what was that like? Why did you come to America? How did you come to America. How hard was it to gain access, legal access to this country? Again, 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll try to work your comments into the conversation. I want to go to Anna next. Uh, Anna in Detroit, you have a question that I think Senator Peters may be able to help answer. Hey, um, I mm -hmm. just want to say uh, first of all, thank you for not erasing the Native American narrative from this country's history in your opening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and second of all, like I'm completely disgusted and appalled by the white supremacist actions that are happening in this country right now. But um, what I've seen, um, even from a statement from the president, was trying to compare uh, his executive order on this ban with something that Obama did 
earlier with um, Iraqi refugees. I believe it was Iraq. And um, I've also seen some of my less uh, compassionate and more conservative, uh, you know, members on social media also share that, oh, well, Obama did this, you know, during his presidency and no one rioted then. So, you know, what's different now? So I would just kind of like, uh, you know, Senator Peters and yourself to... um, I don't distinguish know, it. Shed some sure. light on that, yeah. Yeah. No, Anna. Great, great question. And and uh, I should say that on my social media feed this weekend, there were lots of people bringing up this issue, saying, "Well, you know, we've had uh, immigration restrictions in the past. Why is why is this any different?" Uh, and uh, Senator Peters, uh, I'll give you first crack at uh, at answering that. I know you've you've been in Washington long enough now to to have seen the different iterations of this. Well, it is. I, and I'll, I'll take one one example of this, which uh, I find uh, particularly offensive, and that's the the outright uh, prohibition from any refugees from, from Syria to, to come in uh, to the United States. And, and to me, it uh, is not about national security. I, I'm first and foremost, uh, I believe we have to have secure borders. We have to keep our people safe. It is the, the number one obligation of the government is to keep us safe without, yes. without question. But uh, there's also a moral obligation uh, with the world community uh, to be open to those who are fleeing persecution, those who are fleeing torture, those who are fleeing for their very lives to have a sanctuary. Other world uh, communities do that. Other countries do it. It's part of the United States obligation. Uh, Our refugee process is vigorous. It is extremely difficult to to get into the United States uh, as a refugee. It'll take over a year and a half of screenings from the FBI to the Department of Homeland Security uh, to interviews. You've got the United Nations involved. It is uh, it is not the path of least resistance <laughs> right. to get to the United States. In fact, it is probably the most difficult path to take in order to get into the United States. And these are people who, again, are fleeing. They uh, are fleeing. trying to get away They're from tr- chaos, chaos and, uh, and their lives and their families and their loved ones. And to have a, a nation as great as our country is to say, we simply will not let you in uh, because of where you come from yeah. uh, is uh, is a completely different situation than what we have seen in the past yeah. and clearly is an assault on our core values. Yeah. Uh, uh, there was a list circulating on so- uh, social media uh, that I saw this weekend that that tried to invoke uh, the the countries that the countries that are part of the immigration ban that President Trump has put into place, they're saying these are the same countries, for instance, that uh, President Obama put restrictions on uh, in 2011. Uh, I think it was 2011. Uh, there was also a restriction on Iraqi uh, immigrants for a while under under the past presidency. Talk about how that's different from what we're seeing Right now, well, if you have uh, specific threats, uh, specific uh, uh, issues uh, to put restrictions on to screen folks, uh, certainly that uh, is warranted. Uh, but when you have a situation where you're picking uh, certain uh, Muslim countries and not all of those that have had links to terrorism, you know, first thing that comes to mind is Saudi Arabia. We yeah. know that not on the list. Uh, not as on, Saudi Arabia is not on the list, and yet uh, the the terrorists uh, involved with 9/11, as you know. We're all from Saudi Arabia. Yes. So uh, there's a country that has uh, sent terrorists who have done great harm uh, to us. And so uh, to have uh, a selection is uh, different, uh, uh, which is different than what we've done in the last uh, process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I think uh, uh, is why this is not the same as yeah. what we've seen in the past. And it's also a ban, 
right? Uh, He's saying you may not come to this country uh, if you're a refugee from this place or if you're an immigrant from this place. And I think there is something, uh, there's something sort of primally different about that. It's one thing to say, listen, we're having a hard time vetting people from certain places because we don't have all the intelligence we need about what's going on there, uh, and we need to slow the process to make sure that our security uh, is is catching people who shouldn't come to the country. It's another thing to sort of say nobody can come in because uh, the effect of that is that the innocent people who do deserve access to this country, who do deserve uh, asylum as refugees, are just as affected as the other people, uh, the people who we would like to keep out. And I think my sense is that that is where this will run into legal trouble, is mm-hmm. that uh, it, it condemns the innocent. Uh, it condemns people who have not, who want nothing more than their freedom uh, as much as people who, who would do us harm. Well, and I think when you look at a religious test, which seems to be the, That's the other the, problem, is really right? the, the, the difference if we were looking at other distinctions uh, between these, and, and we're not sure how all of this gets actually implemented. I don't think the Trump administration has any idea how, the, how they're implementing some of this. But when you have comments uh, by the president saying, uh, however, there'll be an exception for religious minorities, uh, meaning Christians uh, that come from these countries. And certainly uh, I'm not going to sit here and, and, uh, and say that Christians are not being persecuted because they are. Uh, it is a very dangerous place for the world to be a Christian, and we need to make sure that we are opening our refugee status to those who are facing persecution, but it cannot be based just on religion. Uh, yeah. There are other folks, so uh, it's very dangerous for Muslims uh, to, in ISIS. ISIS is a, is a barbaric group that goes after Muslims as aggressively as anyone else. Yeah. And so to have a an exception for religious minorities in the area, uh, and uh, not the majority one, which is the Muslim religion, is clearly a a religious test, another very big and bright, clear distinction yeah, from what we've seen in the past. Yeah. Uh, 313-577-1019 is the number. 313-577-1019 to join the conversation. I am talking with uh, U.S. Senator Gary Peters, a Democrat from here in Michigan, about uh, the change in U.S. immigration policy, sudden change over the weekend per executive orders from President Donald Trump. Uh, we want to hear, especially from folks who came to this country from someplace else. Uh, tell us about the process. Tell us about uh, the dream you were pursuing by coming to America. Uh, 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDT Facebook page, uh, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll work your comments into the conversation. Leela on Facebook says, I came here from Nepal as a Bhutanese refugee after 20 years living in the refugee camp it took me 15 months to finish the verification process. 15 months after living 20 years in a refugee camp. Uh, that's not exactly an easy way to get to a better place. Joey on Twitter says, I give thanks to the ACLU and all legal eagles who are protecting the rights of those victimized by Trump's hysteria. Of course, the, the ACLU uh, is, uh, is, I think, uh, a, almost a, a, in a dark sense, a beneficiary of this nonsense. Uh, I saw a stat over the weekend that said they collected something like $29 million worth of online donations mm-hmm. over the weekend. Uh an average for a full year for them is three to four million. So uh, 
uh, clearly people thinking that uh, our civil liberties need more protection now that Donald Trump is the president. Uh, Anne on Facebook says, I'm very concerned about the involvement of Mr. Bannon at the White House, especially his seat on the National Security Council. Uh, I also have grave concerns about what Congress is doing or not doing about the ban on immigration from seven predominantly Muslim countries. Why aren't more people in Congress speaking out on this? Uh, I, I also saw on social media there is a, a chart uh, that people are passing around about what people uh, in Washington, uh, in the Senate in particular, are saying about uh, this ban. Lots of people are speaking out, Democrats in particular. We are still waiting for some Republicans, I think, to come out and and say, this is not American. Uh, and we'll see how many of them have uh, have the fortitude to come out and say that. That's always the real question on that side of the aisle. Uh, let's go to Hadi in Dearborn. Hadi, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Senator. How are you today? Good. Very good. You? Thank you. Awesome. So I just want to tell you my story. I just want to take like two minutes of your time, and I don't. I mean, I don't want to just like take so much of your time. Okay. So uh, my name is Hadi. I came from Iran, uh, one of these seven countries that they're in the list right now. So I just came here in 2009 as a uh, with the immigrant visa, and so and I became citizen in 2014. And so during this time, actually, I just like worked really hard, and so I mean, like you know, I, I got my PhD, and I mean, I mean, I, I tried my best to be a, a kind of a valuable citizen for this uh, for this country that I'm just really proud of being like citizen of this country. Yeah. And so, and during my work, actually, I got like a, a, a some innovation award from uh, probably your friend senator uh, from Senator Hatch uh, in Utah, and so. After all of this, I applied for my parents to uh, come to this country because they felt that, okay, I'm alone, and so I need some emotional support from my family and my friend and everything. And I applied for them, and it took, like, almost a year for, for them to just, like, go through the background check and everything. And finally, uh, we got the interview in Abu Dhabi, in U.S. Embassy in Abu Dhabi, because we don't have any embassy in, in Iran. Uh, yeah, we don't have any U.S. embassy in Iran. So... We got this interview for next week, February twelfth, uh, and so and actually two weeks uh, and in two weeks and so and 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 yesterday I got this email that the interview got cancelled and so I mean when I called my parents we had nothing to say about it I was I, I was always talking about the how great this country is how uh, how all the Americans they're just like you know I've seen like hospitality in all the Americans I'm just like I was always talking about all these values in this country. And so when I called them this weekend, I was just like, I, I didn't have anything to say. I was just like, we were just like on the phone and we were completely quiet. It was just like, wow. <laughs> I couldn't say anything because this is against all the values and all this stuff that I was talking to them. I was really proud that, you know, I'm seeing all of this valuable stuff in this country. Yeah. And so I, I, I mean, like, yeah, it was a really emotional moment. And I don't know. I mean, uh, I don't know what's going to happen from now on, because I know that all my friends, all my family that I've seen that they're coming to the United States, they're going through like a really thorough uh, process, background check. It took two years for myself to come to this country. Wow. And so, and I mean, uh, I don't know what to say, but that was that was just like a heartbroken moment. Yeah. Yeah. Hadi, I'm, I'm glad you called and uh, told that story. I think, again, uh, it, it puts a lie to some of the things that people are saying about immigrants, about who comes to this country, how they come to this country and why. 
Uh, and I think that's uh, really important for us to remember and and sort of uh, uh, highlight uh, right now, uh, given given the things that are going on. So I really, really appreciate uh, that call. Uh, let's go to Noel in Northville. Noel, welcome to Detroit hey. today. Hi. Thank you, Stephen. Thank uh-huh. you for allowing me to participate. Sure. Um, well, I just wanted to share my story. Um, my name is Noel, and I, I just moved to the U.S. Um, about seven years ago with my husband. And we came here through the um, uh, international library uh, program that the USA has. Uh, I don't know if you are familiar with that. Sure. It's, uh, it's if you apply online and you wait uh, until um, if if you're one of the lucky people that your name gets pulled out, then you start uh, the application process and all that. But it's still it's still selective, so not everyone that gets pulled in comes to America. You have to meet the criteria and all that, and you have to uh, submit like endless uh, document documents, and um, you have to go to an interview and do. Uh, there is a, like a process. The process took us two years to complete the process, wow. and then have the uh, okay to um, uh, the, the visa. And uh, we had we had our green card like the after um, a week or two when, when we got here to the, to the U.S. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I am, I'm, um, I'm a Muslim woman. I'm wearing a hijab. I am, we are from uh, Morocco, which is not a country, not part of this band. However, it's, it's, a, it's a, um, an Arab and Muslim uh, country. And if this is happening now for these people, it's not, it's not impossible that it would happen for for someone yeah. like us, and so we are really not feeling safe right now. We are afraid for for our kids. I had two kids when we when we got here. They're um, now I, I I started questioning questioning the the um, the decision that I made for them. I made this decision to to for them to be. Americans, Muslim, Arab, Muslim, Americans. I, I now I'm, I'm starting questioning this. Is it is it the best decision for for my? Is it that I did something wrong? Uh, I, I mean I I can't I can't just process all of this. Yeah. And um, I can't I can't imagine. I can only imagine what other people who are really part of this are feeling and the fear and all that and. Um, yeah. Noel, I, I, thank you. I just want to, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, yeah, I just wanted to say that for for us, it was a choice to to come here. We chose to come here. And Morocco is not a part of this war. Everything that's happening in the, in the Middle East. Um. So so we chose just just for for um opportunity, just for a better future for us and our children. Yeah, uh, Noel, but, I think but, that is the. That is the thing that brings people here in in droves still, and and I, what what I really appreciate about what you were saying is how you're feeling now. The fear that takes hold uh, among people who actually aren't even part of this, as you point out, you're not from a country that's part of this band, but this sends a message to everybody, everybody who comes here from someplace else about how welcome they are. Uh, again, thank you very much uh, for your call, uh, Noel. Uh, let's go to Jay in Westland. Jay, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, y'all. Good morning to everybody. Uh-huh. Good to see you. Good morning. Or hear you. <laughs> yes. Go ahead. Um, 
I am an immigrant, and um, I want to pass on this message especially to uh, uh, Senator Gary Peters. I don't want to be in this country. I don't really want to be here. I love America, don't get me wrong. But my host country is hostile to me. Take, for example, let me tell you what is happening right now, right now in Cameroon, in West Africa. It's an ally. It's, it's, uh, the president has been there for 34 years. He's an American ally. Rex Tillerson constructed a pipeline from Chad to, uh, to the Atlantic Ocean. President Paul Bia right now is committing a genocide in that country. The English part of the country has been cut off from the world because they started demonstrating for a federal system since November. And the images went wild on the web. And so that region, he has cut off internet, all communication, so that the world cannot see what he is doing. Since November, more than 50 people have been killed and more than 200 locked up. And so, Jay, right now, why does that make right, you? Right now. Why does that make you not want to want to be here? Well, no, what I, what I mean is that I came here because of that. I love my country, but mm-hmm. my country is hostile to me. Right. Right. So America is giving me a place to sleep. Yeah. I love this country, but sometimes we come here not because we like it, but because our leaders yeah. are all dictators. Yeah. What I'm saying. Uh, uh, Stephen, go to the web. I'll go to your Facebook page. I'll post you pictures of what is happening right now. Yeah, and right camera, now. I think that's a great. Uh, uh, that's a great. Uh, point, and and I'm, I'll call on on, on uh, uh, Senator uh, uh, Gary Peters to help these people. I mean, cut off internet so that the killings cannot. I mean, uh, Jay, what you're talking about there is is a reminder of of sort of how dark uh, the, the world is in some in some instances and in that uh, US policy in some cases does not intervene the way it should and uh, you know your presence here is sort of a testament to what America offers in some cases is uh, a place to get to that is that is safer uh, I really appreciate the call all right we're gonna take another quick break here and when we come back we're gonna continue our conversation with uh, Senator Gary Peters about uh, the change in US immigration policy stay with us and stay with us on the phones lots of people with stories of immigration coming to this country 313-577-1019 is the number stay with us on Detroit today You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for joining us. My guest is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, a Democrat from here in Michigan. Uh, We are talking about uh, the radical change in U.S. immigration policy that took effect over the weekend after President Donald Trump signed executive orders uh, that banned immigrants from seven Muslim countries uh, and refugees from lots of places on the globe. Uh, is this the way to keep America safe, or is this a change uh, in the American character? Is this a change in the way uh, we see ourselves in the world? 313-577-1019. That's 313 
1019 to join the conversation. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, uh, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll work your comments into the conversation. Before we get started, I want to also note we were talking about uh, our elected representatives and what they are saying about what Donald Trump did, and we noted that a lot of Republicans have not come forward yet to condemn this. Two Republicans who did, though, uh, I think deserve some credit. Uh, U.S. Senators John McCain and Lindsey Graham released a joint statement uh, today that uh, that that didn't condemn the uh, didn't condemn what President Trump did, but did cast real doubt on uh, its wisdom. Uh, quote: It's clear from the confusion at our airports across the nation that President Trump's executive order was not properly vetted. Uh, we're particularly concerned by reports that this order went into effect with little or no consultation with the Departments of State, Defense, Justice, and Homeland Security. Uh, so there are Republicans stepping up, and we should uh, note that and give them give them credit. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number to join the conversation. Let's go to Anthony and Pontiac. Anthony, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I just had a comment. Uh, I just wanted to say that my grandparents, they were very involved in civil rights in the 50s and 60s. They dedicated their lives to it. And I'm just watching all their work go down the toilet. They, my grandmother helped start Planned Parenthood, and that's they're trying to get rid of that. And I'm half Cherokee, and it, it, I just find it hilarious when the conservative people are saying they're going to decide who comes in and out of this country. Uh, when this country was stolen outright and they murdered people. It was the largest genocide in human his- history over 400 years. And they're going to say that they're going to decide who comes in and out. We're built on a, a melting pot of people. Sure. And this is, uh, it, it scares me. I feel like the Nazi regime in 1938 is coming into power. <laughs> I think a lot of people have made that uh, that parallel. I hope that's not the case, uh, Anthony, but I, but I absolutely... Uh, understand why you why you feel that way. Um, let's go to uh, Nabintu in Detroit. Nabintu, welcome to Detroit today. Hi, thank Hi. you so much. Sure. Um, I I mean my comments are pretty pretty similar to um, the sister who just commented. I believe she was from Morocco and she was discussing the fact that um, her country is not on the list. Um, and the same thing applies to me. I mean, I'm a U.S. citizen, born and raised, but both of my country, both of my parents immigrated uh, to America from Ivory Coast, West Africa, but I'm, I'm still feeling very, very targeted because I know that um, at this point, my parents are not safe um, and I'm not safe. And, and for those reasons, I mean, it's very, very difficult to to just feel like, oh, okay, you know, it's okay. I'm not one of the seven or my, my parents aren't one of from one of the seven countries, countries yeah. on the list. And I think that that's what Donald Trump is missing. I think he's missing the fact that so many other people from so many other countries, ranging from Bangladesh to Pakistan, are feeling extremely targeted by this list. And it's not as simple as saying, oh, you're not from Yemen or Sudan or from Somalia. Um, it's, it's so much greater than that. And I think that him and his administration are missing that point. And it's, it's really, really disturbing to, yeah. to see that. They don't see how they're affecting so many people. Yeah. Nabintu, thank you very much uh, for calling uh, and making that point, uh, Senator Peters, uh, what what is the the congressional the possible congressional response to this? Uh, the, the president has uh, enormous power when it comes to immigration, but Congress also plays a role in that. They, the Congress could stop these orders from uh, from holding for 
forever, for instance. Well, Congress uh, can uh, play a role and does play a role from, from time to time. But as you know, you need, uh, you need the votes. Uh, elections do matter and yeah. uh, votes matter in Washington. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, with uh, the outrage that we're hearing as a result of this action, uh, I believe every single Democrat uh, in our caucus has spoken out uh, against it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned two Republicans who have made some comments, uh, so that uh, that does get to 50. But <laughs> in the Senate, uh, the vice president gets to be the tiebreaker. Yes. And so you would need 51 uh, votes uh, to move up. But ultimately, usually because of the filibuster rule, you really need 60 votes. Yeah. So we have to have 60 votes uh, to move legislation forward. So unless a whole lot more Republicans uh, speak out and step up and and uh, let the folks know that they believe that this is wrong, uh, it'll be difficult. So yeah. we, we will use our bully pulpit to, to push back. It's certainly incredibly encouraging to see people in a spontaneous way getting out, demonstrating it from the Women's March to what we saw this weekend on this issue. That there's, uh, I do believe that that matters. People's voices do matter. And to see that kind of movement to push back, I think it'll make some of those Republican senators uh, think twice about some of their positions, and then hopefully we'll be able to push back against uh, what may be a series of outrageous actions by this new president. Yeah. I mean, I've seen over the weekend uh, even uh, Bob Corker from Tennessee, Lamar Alexander from Tennessee. uh, There are Republicans who are coming out, and even if it's tentatively, uh, you know, they're saying there's something there's something not right about this. There's something uh, un-American about it almost. Uh, And I got to say, I'm encouraged to see that. Uh, But as you point out, we need 60 uh, votes uh, in the Senate to, to, to get any legislation uh, passed. And so you'd need uh, 12 uh, or 13 uh, Republicans to, 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 to come over. So we'll see if that actually, if that actually happens. Uh, before we go here, let's try to get one more call. Uh, Chris in Macomb Township. Hey, guys. How are you doing today? Senator, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Uh, I'd just like to start out by saying that Ronald Reagan is spinning in his grave currently. <laughs> yeah. He is doing the flip-flop like you would have been. He is <laughs> spinning in his grave. First of all, by having championed the taking down of the Berlin Wall yes. that separated East Germany and West Germany. But most of all, because the election of this president was tainted and influenced by the Russians. Why did they let this man even take the oath of office <laughs> knowing that the election was tainted and it was the Russians influenced it in his favor? Well, I think the reason that he got to take the oath of office is because uh, the system that we have, uh, uh, which uses the Electoral College, uh, voted him in as as president. And and yes, uh, there there are lots of accusations and speculation about the role that the Russian government played. Uh, but we don't know, for instance, what that role was or what effect it had uh, on the outcome. I think if it were clear that they did have an effect on the outcome, things would look a little different. Uh, but I think that's something that we'll see over time, you know, where we end up with that and what we end up knowing. Um, but, Chris, I really appreciate the call. Really appreciate all of the callers today, all the stories. Uh, you can also go to the WDDT.org uh, and continue to put your stories there on the Detroit Today page. Uh, maybe we'll revisit those at another time. Uh, Senator Gary Peters, as always, thanks for being here. Great to be with you, Stephen. Absolutely. That's going to do it for it for me today. I will be back tomorrow. I hope you will too. This is 1019 WDET Detroit.
Wayne State's public radio station. We'll see you tomorrow.